You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 374. What is your worldview? Part two. So last week we began exploring this idea of what it means to have a Christian worldview. We all have a worldview. Uh, the reality is, the sad reality is, in the church today, some scholars estimate that as few as 10% of people who would call themselves Christians have what would be defined as a Christian worldview. And uh, this is sad. This is, this is tragic. This is going to affect uh, really generations uh, to come of the Christian faith unless we can do something. Um, George Barna, the the guy who studies church trends said that there's there's a reformation taking place, but it's not the right kind of reformation. Instead of going forward, we're actually going backwards. And, and, and he's speaking in the context of the church, Christianity, <clears throat> Christian values, and our effect on society. He says this, he says, it certainly seems as if culture is influencing the church more then the church is influencing the culture. And this is not the, the, the Christianity that the Bible teaches. This is not what Jesus intended. And so this week, I want to give you five components of a Christian worldview. And there's probably a few more, but I think these five will get us going. And you can maybe even use this as a, as a bit of a self-test to see where you're at um, on your own Christian world view. Number one, <clears throat> what is your view of God? What is your view of God? Is it a view of God that has been shaped by the, the society and the culture around you? Or is it a view that has been shaped through Scripture? And we'll talk about the importance of the Bible in a minute, but, but a wrong view of God is idolatry. Understanding that we all carry God's image on our lives is very important. What does that mean? Well, we read in the first pages of Genesis that God created us in His image. And so we all carry the, the mark of the Creator. Uh, no matter how flawed or, or muddy or covered with sin, we all carry that mark of God on our lives. So sin has marred that image. But is your view of God one of anger? or one of love? Is your view of God one of work or of grace? And, and so having the right view of God is really uh, the first place we start in the Christian worldview. Is your view of God, does you, do you understand him to be a part of, of what's going on in the world, or is he aloof? Is he distant? 
Is, is, is Do we have the ability to know Him? Can we have a relationship with Him? Or, like so many people, do you not even believe that He exists? So what is our view of God? Number two, what is our view or your view of the Scriptures? <clears throat> How do you use the Bible? How does the Bible, what weight does the Bible have in your life? And sadly, too many Christians would say, again, if we believe what, what Barna says, that only 10% of people who would call themselves Christians have a Christian worldview, my guess is most of those b- believers would, um, admit it or not, say that the, the, the Scriptures, the Bible, has very limited authority in their lives. Because if we we hold to Orthodox Christianity, the Scriptures are uh, God's final word. Um, after Jesus, the, the Scriptures, you had Jesus, the living word, then in the Scriptures we have the written word. And, and in the Scriptures we, we see God reveal Himself from Genesis to Revelation. We see God's standards. We see really the picture of God. We get a picture of God through the person of Jesus himself. And and we see um, how he wants us to live. And we see what is required of us. And we understand that the scriptures actually are living. They're alive. They're inspired. And sadly, uh, too many Christians really are, are, are biblically illiterate. We've come to a place in, 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 in society and in the church where, where really we, we've got a generation of Christians that just don't even know the Bible. They don't understand the Scriptures. They may go to church, and hopefully they'll hear a good message Excuse me, based on the Bible, but that's not even a guarantee anymore. So what is your view of the scriptures. And here's the thing with with with, with the Bible and, and, and I get it, it's it, you know, Bible thumpers, it's not a popular um, you know identity. We don't want to be known as those people that are the Bible thumpers. I I I understand. But what is the standard then? We've become a society where we've we've done everything we can. We talked about it uh, last week a bit is 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 relativism. You know, one of the opposing worldviews to Christianity or Christian worldview is is relativism. The the fact that we've removed all moral absolutes from society. There is no ultimate truth. Um, there is no one way to God um, if we believe relativism. And so there's no standards. And that's why the scriptures are so important because they show us what God's standards are. And when we understand God's standards, then we understand that we're also going to be held accountable to God for the way we live. And so, what is your view of the Scriptures? Well, don't go away. We will be right back. I just wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots is an exciting study of 12 of the lesser-known characters in the New Testament. Of course, we all know about Jesus and Paul and Peter and so many other great figures in the New Testament, but there are so many people in the New Testament who are who are kind of hiding in the background of a picture, if you will. And if you're willing to dig a little bit, you'll find that we can actually get a pretty good look at who some of these people are and understand a little bit about their lives. So check out New Testament Snapshots. Click on the link. It'll take you over to Amazon. You can read part of the book for free, see if you might like it. 
But uh, by all means, buy a copy. I think you'll enjoy it. You can get it in ebook or in paperback. Well, okay, we're back. We're, we're looking at the uh, components of a Christian worldview, and we, we talked about um, our view of God, our view of the Scriptures. What about your view of Jesus? Um, this, is, this is huge because, uh, let's face it, in many other religions, Jesus is acknowledged. He's a, he's a good man. He's a prophet. He, he was uh, a misunderstood uh, politician. He was put to death for trying to do the right things. He, he, he loved everybody. He was, that's not what the Scriptures teach. The Scriptures teach he was fully God and fully man. John 1.14 says, The Word which is talking about Jesus, became flesh and, and lived among us. He dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father or, or God but by me. So, so those of us who, 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 those people in the society who might say, "Yeah, Jesus was a good man," when you confront them with this verse, that they, they, they become, um, you know, they're not quite as big of fans as of Jesus as they once were because now they realize that he's becoming exclusive. If you want to get to God, you've got to go through him. So, what is your view of Jesus? Is he the living Son of God? Or was he just another religious leader like Muhammad, uh, the Hindu gods, uh, some of the Jewish prophets? I mean, we, we, we can go on and on and, 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 and say that Jesus was you know, just another religious leader, but what does set him apart? Well, it's this interesting thing called the resurrection from the dead. If, if Jesus actually predicted his own death and resurrection, and then it happened... You know, I'm good with following that guy. Um, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, the Apostle Paul says, we of all men are most to be pitied. In other words, we've built 2,000 years of church history on a lie if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. So, so what is your view of Jesus? Um, for many, this idea of Jesus saying that he was the only way to God is, is quite offensive. I mean, this is one of the reasons why Christians are often... Um, you know, criticized and badmouthed as being exclusive and dogmatic. And we don't have to be mean about it. We don't have to be ugly about it. But Jesus said he was the only way to God, and I'm not going to apologize for that or try and talk around it. Number four, what is our view or what is your view of sin, the sacrifice of Christ, and salvation? Can you earn your own salvation? Is it just be a good guy, be a good girl? do a lot of good deeds, be a decent person? Is that enough to get us to heaven? Or is there something more? What is our view of sin, the sacrifice of Christ, and salvation? The Bible teaches that we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. Thus, we all need a Savior. And if that's the case, if we all need a Savior, well, that comes back to what is our view of Jesus? You know, I've heard people say that, 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 that they really believe they can do enough, earn enough, work hard enough to be a good person, that, 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 that they're obviously assured of heaven. But my question always is, then why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus die? Because the Bible teaches that he was the sacrificial lamb of God. 
And while this is uncomfortable that God would actually send his son as a sacrifice for humanity, thank God he did. And an understanding that, that all of mankind lies under the judgment of God apart from Christ. And uh, that's, again, that can be very uh, off-putting, but we're talking about a Christian worldview here. This is what the scriptures teach. And just because we might not like something doesn't mean we can just rip it out of our Bibles. Um, and then one last component of a Christian worldview is what is, what is our view of history? What is your view of history? Um, do, do you see God working in history? And does history have a culmination? When you read the Bible, we understand that, that, that history is racing towards a conclusion. That's why the, the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, is so important because we begin to get a glimpse uh, of God's purposes for the end of times. We see God's plan. Um, so, so these are important things. What is your view of God? What is your view of the Scriptures? What is your view of Jesus? What is your view of sin? And what is your view of history? So these are some components of a Christian worldview. And it's not like they're optional. It's not like you can say, well, I, you know, I really don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God, but I'm a Christian. Well, you can call yourself a Christian, but that's not the biblical definition. I can... I can, you know, reject the scriptures and still be a Christian. No, I, I'm not sure. I don't think you can. So that's why these things are so important and worth looking at. And, and these are difficult things, depending on, on how you grew up, depending on your church involvement. And, and let's face it, these things are obviously very contradictory uh, to so many of the values that we hear in society every single day. Our identity as a person is shaped by our worldview. A Christian worldview provides a framework for decision-making and helps us to understand history, as we talked about. Now, how does your worldview become diluted? Uh, Del Tackett, who, who, who's a, a leader at the, the ministry Focus on the Family, says this. Here's the problem. Non-biblical worldview ideas don't just sit in a book somewhere waiting for people to read them. They bombard us constantly from television, film, music, newspapers, magazines, book, and academia. Isn't that interesting? And I love the way he puts that. These ideas, these, the, these ideas that go against a Christian worldview aren't just hiding in a book. They're bombarding you every single day. And because, he goes on to say, because we live in a selfish world, these ideas seductively appeal to the desires of our flesh, and we often end up incorporating them into our personal world view. Sadly, we often do this without knowing it. I've got friends who are good people, and yet they reject this idea that there's only one way to heaven. And they would call themselves Christians. They go to church, but this idea that God could somehow send people to, to hell is, is anathema to them. They can't imagine that. Or, or the fact that there might be truth outside of Jesus in the scriptures. And, and, and for them, it just it doesn't make sense. They reject it and um, you know, it makes them feel like they're they're good people and, and, and whatever. I, I just I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know that you can reject those things and be a Christian. Well, I want to wrap up with this. 
Paul in Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now listen to this. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, he says, be transformed. Don't be conformed to the world, which is a, a, a non-Christian worldview, but, but be conformed, be transformed by the renewal of our mind so that we may know what God's will is, so that we might have a Christian worldview. Now, I want to I do one more thing, and then we're going to stop. But I want to read you that same passage of Scripture, Romans 12, 1 and 2. But I'm going to read it to you in the message. Now, the message is a paraphrase. It's not a, a literal translation like the first um, verses I read out of the, the ESV version, the English Standard Version. Um, but this is from the message. But I like the way it puts these verses, and hopefully it will bring it alive for you. So the same passage, Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul says, So here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Wow, did you hear that? Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, Paul goes on, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what He wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Well, those are powerful words. They're challenging words to me. Hopefully, they're challenging to you as well. And hopefully, this will maybe give you a place to start in considering what your particular worldview is. Um, We all have one. Let's understand that. Let's be conscious of the worldview that, 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 that we're creating in our own lives. And let it be something that we're intentional about rather than, as we, we heard a minute ago, something that's done to us because it's just we, we're bombarded with non-Christian points of view all the time. Well, friends, I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or questions on this important subject of a Christian worldview. By all means, let me know. Go to davidspell.com. Leave your question or comment in the comment section for today's post. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that we can stay in touch. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. We'll see you next week on Leading and Leading.